0: imposter syndrome did you feel like you had that at some point in time and when did
1: you shed it all the time do i deserve Uh, to be here (laughs) right um so like in the creative world and just you know for anybody you know the mental aspect's huge and some really dark places really quick inside the creative realm because you're putting your yourself out there with your work, you know? And if that's not taken in well, that can be tough. I think there's this specific moment to answer your question. I was on the plane with the Cavs for the first time, flying to New York to capture the game in Madison Square Garden. And I was on the, the back of the plane and I just shot all their like walk-ins to the airport. I'm editing their photos and the plane takes off and I'm on this private jet with an NBA team and I'm just looking out the window like, do what what am i doing here um and we were there and i walk into madison square garden and i'm sitting on the main court at madison square garden and i'm looking around and i'm just like i teared up I, I seriously teared up and because i went through a lot to get to that point and I went through a lot of shit in my last job before, you know, I discovered this. And it was that point that the light switch, you know, kind of came on, and it was like I deserve to be here.
0: Welcome to the Positive People Posse Living Room. I'm your host, Dom Green, marketer and life enthusiast of Positive People Posse. This is where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and uplifting. Sitting down with creators of all types. And today, my special guest is none other than Mr. David Sazna. David, thanks
1: for being on. <laughs> thanks, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. I, I've been wanting to do this for a while with you, so I'm glad we found time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems like uh, you know life is obviously busy. You're in the the field, you know, most often. So uh, finding time where we're sitting down face to face, even if it's virtually, it's kind of hard these days. So tell the listening and viewing audience what you do, and uh, yep. we can we can kind of go
1: back to how we've met each other. For sure. Um, so. Um, I'm a digital content producer for the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's my full-time job um, and full-time title, uh, which basically means I do all their creative content. So I'm on court every night, I get to shoot the games and then turn around highlights and um, you know capture photo and video the whole time and, and just make it as exciting as possible. So that's my full- time gig. <clears throat> and then uh, Side Hustle World is, uh, we started a company called Through the Lens and I'm the creative director slash, you know, head of production slash whatever you want to call it. And basically my job is to um, capture our athletes um, and clients that we have um, and basically tell their story through interview. And then also they teach on court and teach through the interview. It's essentially like a master class for the basketball world. So and that launches here uh, shortly. So um, I'm staying busy, staying busy. But um, it's been fun, man.
0: No doubt, no doubt. And it's wild because, you know, me and David are from the same town. We both don't live in Kansas City anymore. But what's, uh, what's amazing is just seeing, you know, how you've transitioned into being this guy who was running around with the camera just learning to now being this, this your, your side hustle is your main hustle now and then now you're branching out from that and so you know let's kind of go back to you know how that process because you know like when we met you were just like really just jumping on the scene you know it seemed like we both just started our businesses at the same time you more on the the visual um production side but us uh, building this brand our marketing company and you know so Talk wow. about that education that went into it. You know, like making that first leap and knowing that's what you really want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's um yeah, it's it was around that same time that we both were kind of getting off the ground and, and thinking back to that, like Kansas City's great for that, you know, it's great for exploring new things and just trying different stuff. And so, um, for me, um, quick like back recap basically I I graduated from college in 2017 and then um took a job in the nonprofit world I traveled for a little bit um I came back to Kansas City that spring and I had no idea what I was gonna do I never picked up a camera never anything like that and um I had a buddy who was a photographer and he was like man what's a skill you want to learn And I was like man like you're doing photo like I'd love to learn video and I don't know where that came from or why but um, I started shooting on my phone and running around and just trying to make stuff and um, yeah just see if I enjoyed it first before I invested and man I loved it and so from that point I was like all right let's do this I quit my job and I bought my camera and, and I just said all right I'm gonna become a freelancer I had no idea what I was doing at all um, but I thought that I could figure it out and so during those next months is when I started running around Kansas City making passion project videos and I just started to get inside the community and the creative community in Kansas City is awesome. you know. And so I got to learn a lot from a lot of people really quickly. I met you around that time um, and man, I just started shooting and um, putting stuff out there and I didn't know if it was good or not, but I I wanted to get feedback and learn more. And um, I made a promise to myself. I said, I'm gonna use my camera every single day for the next 90 days. Um, and honestly it turned into the next, like, you know, it wasn't every day, but it turned to the next 150 plus days because I needed to, because I was getting paid to do it at that point, you know, cause it started to actually become my career. And so, um, you know, from there, obviously things took off and, and, um, you know, got me to where I am now, but that whole process has only been two and a half years, you know? So, um, it's, it's a wild thing um but i'm super you know i love what i do i love what I you do. you
0: put in the work
1: right Damn, there's <laughs> a lot of people out
0: there that just they say that they're going to do something but not really be committed to it because they see how fucking hard it can be you know like mm-hmm. i mean that's the testament of like you know like working out and anything and everything you're not going to be you're at your best day one but no. you know, setting forth you know those goals and you know I, i'm like i'm like super uh you know, surprised I'm, I'm super like pumped for you man like you know yeah I, I look i look at you as a person who just had had enough curiosity to keep on going you know because yeah. like every single day that we wake up you know it's not always like the best day right you know like, yeah. you try to figure out where you're at today like you may have stayed up way too late um, the other day I stayed up for like 35 hours because we're like getting new clients. And <laughs> yeah. you know, I know that I, when I wake up sometimes I'm not at my best, but mm-hmm. you know, there are people that I have to, um, respond to. There are people that I have to show up for and, yep. you know, execute. And so that through that process, you have to continue learning, you know, and, yeah. and, and trying to find other areas where you can actually be stronger. And so, you know, kudos yep. to you for you know, not only being of service to other clients and stuff, but trying to learn in the process and how you can better your craft. I feel like there's a lot of people who just think that things are just given to them.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, you gotta be willing you're not the to man of privilege. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. You gotta be willing to suck. You know, you gotta be willing to be really, really bad at first. And like a lot of people are really scared of that. They don't want to be bad and they don't want to put their work out there. And Like a rule of thumb was I'm going to get feedback and I want them to tell me five things they hate about my video or they don't like about it, you know, or they think I could change. And if you're willing to suck at something at the beginning of it, um, then you will eventually become great, you know. And I still to this day get feedback on every single video that I make because I want to be better. And um, if you're willing to accept sucking, for a short time period, hopefully, um, that turnaround time to become better is a lot quicker.
0: So what happened? You know, like you had this transition from, you know, shooting locally. Uh, I remember you were working with like Andrew Morgans at one point in time. Shout mm-hmm. out to Andrew Morgans. Yep. Um, and then like all of a sudden it was like, yo, I'm off to, you know, <laughs> LA. I'm off to Cleveland. Yeah. Like what, what happened?
1: Tell, tell us about yeah. the, like,
0: the roadmap and timeline.
1: So... There's a guy named Luke Cooper who uh, he's a basketball trainer. He splits time between Kansas city and LA and we had some mutual friends and some different things. And he hit me up. He had a grade school basketball camp in Kansas city. And he's like, Hey man, I need you to come get some video of this, you know, I'll pay you, whatever. And so I go and I shoot this grade school basketball camp. It was like every Wednesday for like a month. And I was like, didn't think much of it. And this was the very first time that I shot any sport ever. Right. And it was this literally fourth graders running around, you know, missing the rim. Um, <laughs> and so after that, um, time went by, I didn't really think of it much. And he called me like a month later and was like, Hey, my, my roommate in LA, um, he needs a content guy for the summer. Like, are you available? And I got that call, and I was like, you know, who is this guy? I don't know anything about it, but, like, yeah, I'm definitely interested. Hop on a call, and I left for L.A. two days later. (laughs) So, it's like, all right, I'm in. Um, And this guy, Alex, has become one one of my good friends now, obviously. And, man, throughout that summer, the very first guy that I stepped in the gym to shoot for Alex was a guy named Kevin Porter Jr., who eventually got drafted by the Cavs and so I'm doing all of the content for Kevin Porter Jr. during pre-draft. I'm now in the in the room with Candace Parker the next day shooting her. I'm in the room with Jamie Foxx, came in the gym, and then by the end of the summer I had shot Carmelo Anthony, Kyrie Irving, um, you know, and a ton of other NBA guys, and the list just went on and on, and I'm sitting there like I, you know, I didn't even know how to shoot basketball, but I needed to learn. Um, And this is a point that I make to everybody. Um, I didn't get the NBA job because I was shooting NBA guys. I got the NBA job because I was ready when I started to shoot NBA guys. You know, Uh, I didn't shoot sports ever, but all of my experience shooting street photography, doing weddings, doing corporate, doing random stuff, you know, with us, whatever it was, I learned what I needed to learn so I could do the job later. Um, And so long story short, end of summer, I'm back in Kansas City, I'm ready to start freelancing in the city again. And I get a call from the Cavaliers and they're like, Hey, we've seen your work and uh, we want to interview you. Um, You know, but are you willing to move to Cleveland? And (laughs) that's a, you know, that's a big question. I was like, uh, you know, if it's right, it's right. And we, you know, we'll talk about it, go through the interview. Um, I get the job offer. And again, two days later I moved to Cleveland and the reason they found my content was because, uh, they drafted Kevin Porter jr. And because Man. all my content lived on his page, they, they found me through that. So think of all of the trade scenarios that have to happen to get one draft pick, you know, And all of that happened to get him, which led to them finding me, which then led to me getting the job. And, man, if that's not the coolest thing, you know. For sure. um, And so I moved to Cleveland. I started shooting media day the next day and um, just went from there, man. (laughs)
0: Dude, that is amazing because, like, I always think about the work that goes into something for that opportunity that I'm trying to summon. You know, like we're thinking about like, OK, I don't know where this is going to end up. First of all, you're shooting fourth graders and then yeah. you graduated <laughs> to the NBA within one year. How fucking cool yeah. is that? Um, I'm just thinking, like, if you can do something, you can put in a lot like max effort or you can be mundane and it be uninspired. Mm-hmm. Did you feel at that time when you're shooting these fourth graders that, you know, like big pie, big picture, something big mm-hmm. was going to happen within this year or the next couple of years, if anything?
1: In the sports world now, you know, I, my only focus was, man, I I just enjoy what I do and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next client that calls here in the city. And I never, I, I always believed that there was going to be more. I, whenever I picked up the camera for the first time, I, I knew, and there's this kind of manifestation feeling like this is going to work out. I don't know how, when, where, or what but I know that this is going to work and um, there's a lot of power in that Um, you know and yes it is about the hard work but man I also feel a big part of it is like man I make the most out of those opportunities when they come Um, and so yeah it's fourth graders and these kids have no idea how to play basketball but it's going to be a dope video you know Uh, it's going to look really good um, but yeah, man, there, there's a lot of power in just that internal belief it's going to work out. Um, and I just had that, and eventually it did, and a lot of it's luck, a lot of it's, you know, fate, a lot of it's whatever word you want to use for it. Um, but the end, at the end of the day, I can control my effort and the work that I put out. So I'll do that, and I believe it's going to work out later on some way.
0: I love that. You know, it's uh, it seems like <clears> – <throat> when we do things often, it just seems like uh, there's no passion behind it. But with you, I felt like even early on, when we started working together, you helped us yeah. kick off you know, our very first thing, which was like our silent discos. We really wanted to get our name out there. And mm-hmm. I always have these wild ideas. And when, when I was like, dude, how are we gonna capture something that no one's really done in this town, and then in mm. Kansas City at this, at this point in time, and explain what it is? You know, like you uh, brought that hype and that that quality aspect. That you know, even our own business partner was like, "Hey, I just think David has the style for this." You know, like this is going to be a little bit more fast paced and all that. And uh, you know, you you really brought you know a different aesthetic for what we needed and my energy of what I needed for yeah. our brand at that point in time. But you know, navigating through that process just seeing you grow and blossom into you know this photographer that's you know, actually doing it. You know, it's 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 hard for people to think that they can, you know, be somewhere different in a year yep. from now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And often it comes down to like what are you willing to commit to your time to learn something? Because you didn't go to school for this. No. Yeah. Which is amazing, right? We're talk, <laughs> yeah. Like right knowing what you know now, you probably if you could have done this, you probably wouldn't even went to college. You would have probably no. started <laughs> Like started before. at 18.
1: Yeah, know, yeah. Because there's kids out here that are, you know, that I'm seeing that are 17, 18 years old that are way ahead of the game. And I'm just like, man, like if I had that extra six years, you know, um, but it's like everybody's got their own path. But, yeah, it's if I if I knew this, you know, college wouldn't be a thing
0: for sure. For sure. So how are you finding your time right now to continue to push your style and learn new elements of video? Mm.
1: That's good, um, uh, man. There's a lot of info out there all the time, um, so obviously there's an aspect of watching other people's content, taking it in, you know, seeing how they story tell, seeing you know the the new trends, new things like that. Um, you know, the, you're always in taking content as well, so you always get inspired that way. But for me, like obviously, I started with more of these hype videos, these more you know quicker pace videos and I still do that you know for the Cavs and that's really exciting stuff and there's a smaller amount of people that can do that style which I love to do um and enjoy a lot um and even now working with the Browns I've incorporated that into the NFL as well and so it's there's that aspect that's something I forgot to mention I shoot for the NFL too which is just <laughs> another crazy thing um no but it's so wild um but um Now it's like learning how to do teaching content and how to interview better and how to storytell the best that I can through that. And so anybody, you know, can be really good at one thing. I want to be good at everything. Um, And so I, I have done the sports world and done it at a really high level, but how can I grow that, develop that more? So right now it's the storytelling right now it's that, um, so And interviewing, interviewing is a big thing I'm learning right now, how to interview people that have been interviewed 500,000 times, you know, I'm sitting across the table from Carmelo Anthony interviewing him, what am I supposed to say, you know, I'm, you know, (laughs) so. um, You're only going to get what you ask too. you know, so right. Someone's going to if
0: you reiterate something totally differently, they that might spark the collaboration in their
1: mind in order to say something with a little bit more emphasis and excitement. Exactly. So, um, yeah, those are the main things I'm working on right now. Like this teaching content that we're producing is, you know, it is high level production stuff. And honestly, the prices we got back for a lot of the stuff that we're doing, because we were looking at outside hiring and bringing production teams in and doing all this stuff, was like half a million dollars to do all the stuff that we were doing. Some of these production teams, you know, they're great stuff, but it's a lot of money. And it's like, no, how about we get David in here to do this and we give him the stuff that he needs and he brings in people that he trusts, you know, and let's see if we can make this. And so it's me and two other guys, essentially, you know, three other guys now, and we're doing a production that should be worth, you know, a lot of money. And it's just some guys that are pretty young and just want to do it, you know, um, so that, that aspect's what I'm, I'm learning a lot about right now.
0: Man, I love that, you know, it's, uh, you know, that transition that you have to make from, you know, just doing one thing, and then being able to be well-versed in other areas, um, yeah. if you stay curious, you know, like, I, that's mm-hmm. one thing that I've realized, if I stay curious, then I will innately learn new things, and it's going to, better my conversations is going to better my craft and I'm going to be presented with a new product or new challenge or a new customer. And I'm going to align all of that shit that I've learned with putting that into the client. And sometimes we don't get paid uh, enough (laughs) for what we do, but I'm like, I really want to deliver the best, you know, Mm -hmm. in our digital marketing, what we do for our clients and, you know, some of the new tools that we, we actually help businesses like, get ROI, return on yep. investment. I'm thinking like, what's in it for me? If I go ahead and I give something for free, something that I learned, or I'm going to try a new technique, yep. this is going to go a lot further than just like, okay, mm-hmm. this is the shot we need and <laughs> just get that shot. It's like, well, how can I make the shot better? <laughs> yep. I was even listening to uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, sitting down with David Letterman the other day. Yeah, I'm just fascinated, fascinated by conversations and mm-hmm. interviews, but he had said that he was doing um, someone's, someone's role. He was portraying someone else. And with the director, he was not supposed to go outside of his, his script. Yeah. But in his mind, he was like, how can I improve and make this better? Like yep. you're reading it this, I should read it this way, but I feel like it needs to be done this way. And mm-hmm. so kind of testing those boundaries sometimes really excels that growth of knowledge and just learning.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. I agree entirely. It's, it's mostly like, especially now in today's world, it's like, man, people are always looking for something new because they intake 500,000 things a day. And the people that refuse to be curious and refuse to learn are the ones that are going to be, you know, not left behind, but kind of, you know.
0: So who was who was a person early on that kind of helped you um, helped empower you? to be like, hey, if I need some help on this, mm-hmm. like, this person can help me. Like, am I doing this right? Am I shooting in the right frames? Like, you know, yeah. talk about those those humans
1: that have helped. Definitely. Um, man, I got to give a huge shout out to, um, you know, Jay Austin in, in Kansas City and Jack Blake, um, you know, with Creators Group back in Kansas City back in the day. Um, you know, I I still... A lot of it was trial and error. You know, I would shoot in the wrong frame per second. I would shoot the wrong shutter. I, I, you know, I would do a lot of things wrong. And there was a lot of learning that way. Um, but the other big aspect of it was getting around people that were a few steps ahead of me. So I learned a lot from Jack. I learned a lot from Jay about business and just how to, you know, freelance the right way, how to actually send a proper email, you know, or like little things like that that come into play. Um, but those guys were huge for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of people online just reaching out and that's a big thing that I want to do now is I want to get back to those young creators that are reaching out to me that are like, how'd you do this effect? How did you, you know, what do you shoot with different, you know, questions like that. Like I want to try and give back to them as much as I can because that was me a year and a half ago, two years ago, you know, I didn't know. So, um you know those guys were huge for me early on a lot of the photographers in Kansas City just in general um and you know people like you giving me opportunities that I probably wasn't the most qualified for um you know but believing in what I was making and that I could figure it out so um yeah the those guys were were huge for me
0: so you needed your own master class essentially right? yeah <laughs> um you know, I, I just feel like we're always faced early on with the challenge of what's in our minds and having to deal with that, those inner thoughts sometimes. Imposter syndrome. Did you feel yeah. like you had that at some point in time? And when did you shed
1: it? Man, all the time. Um, all the time. Do I deserve uh, to be here? <laughs> right. Um, so, like in the creative world and just, you know, for anybody, you know, the mental aspect's huge. And, um, you know, there's you can get in some really dark places really quick inside the creative realm because you're putting your yourself out there with your work, you know. And if that's not taken in well, that can be tough, you know. Um, and so for me, I I remember being in the room and it's still to this day, uh, like I was, uh, I guess, yeah, I can say this. I was shooting Kyrie Irving last week, you know. And I'm sitting there in the gym and I'm looking around and I'm, you know, looking at my viewfinder after a shot. And I'm just like, what, you know, what is my life? You know, how, how did I get to this point? Um, part of it is imposter syndrome. I'm like, man, like whatever. And that was early on. I think there's a specific moment to answer your question. I was on the plane with the Cavs for the first time flying to New York to capture the game in Madison Square Garden. And I was on the, the back of the plane, and I just shot all their, like, walk-ins to the airport. And I'm editing their photos, and the plane takes off, and I'm on this private jet with an NBA team. And I'm just looking out the window like, dude, what, what am I doing here? Um, and we were there, and I walk into Madison Square Garden, and I'm sitting on the main court at Madison Square Garden. And I'm looking around, and I'm just like, I teared up. I I seriously teared up and, um, you know, I'm tearing up right now thinking about it, man. Um, and because I went through a lot to get to that point and I went through a lot of shit in my last job before, you know, I discovered this and like, I, it was that point that the light switch, you know, kind of came on and it was like, I deserve to be here. Like I, you know, I deserve to be here. And so imposter syndrome lived pretty much up until that moment. And I shot that game at Madison Square Garden. I walked out of Madison Square Garden, a different person. And it was like, I, now I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that I'm shooting, you know, Kyrie Irving. I'm not surprised that I'm in the room with some of these people. Like, I believe that good things are going to happen when you put the work in. And, um, you know, so that was kind of the moment for me. Dude, no,
0: I felt that one, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's such a good moment. And just to like be intentional with how you just told that and feeling like, okay, you know, like this inner child, you know, that we have in us sometimes it's like, we have these aspirations to do something, do something great. But then once we get that, it's like, oh man, we feel small again, you know, like feeling (laughs) and then being in the position that you're in right now and being able to be in the room of where people just admire and look up to these people and carrying yourself as if, you know, like, this is, this is my thing. This is what I'm doing right now. It's like ownership of it now. I think that's awesome. Like you, there's so many different levels and stages. I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, but like, let's talk about like, you know, some of the, the future aspirations, obviously yeah. you guys have through the, the lens that's coming mm-hmm. down the, the pipeline here pretty soon. And then uh, beyond that, I mean, what's, what's next? Put it out there. Speak into existence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I believe a lot in that, you know, say your dreams out loud, you know, and one thing I wrote down at the beginning of the year was I want to shoot one NFL game this year. That's what I said. And on Sunday, it'll be my, my fifth um, of the year. And I'm, I'm shooting every Browns home game, you know? And so I, I wrote that down, I spoke it out there, and, you know, it's happening. And so the NFL was a big thing for me, I wanted to, I wanted to shoot football, you know, so that was cool. Um, obviously, whenever the season starts for the Cavs, you know, I, I want to be known as one of the, the best in my field, you know, I want to be a guy that they're like, holy shit, like, that's a David Sazna photo, or that's, that's a Sosmix, or, you know, whatever they want to say. But, I want to continue to establish who I am inside the basketball world and, and beyond and, and be known as one of those guys, you know, one of the top guys. Um, And that's more so, so that I can have a bigger reach. So I can help more people, you know, and I can, I can help younger creators and I can do all that. But future wise, you know, I always knew like, Hey, I'm going to build a company with some people and it's going to be my thing. And I'm going to run all the content and I'm going to produce it. And like through the lens is kind of that, and I'm already here and it's happening and it's launching, you know, in a week. Um, and so it's like a lot of these things that I've wrote on my list and I wanted, like they're all happening right now. And so I haven't even had the time to process, hey, what's next? But I know that one, I always want to have a camera in my hand for the most part. You know, I, I love creating, uh, whether that's on NBA court or otherwise, I want a camera in my hand. I want to be working with incredible people and I want to be making some really cool shit. And so as long as those three things are true, like I'll be really, really happy with where I'm at in life, but I'm 25 right now. I'm turning 26 here soon. And it's like, man, I I don't know what 30 will look like, but I'm really fucking excited, you know? Um, And yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I'm excited to start dreaming more and speaking those things out there. And, you know, hopefully someday I can be a leader of a giant brand, you know, and uninterrupted and hopefully through the lens can get to that level someday. And um, people can look at what I'm doing and then say, man, we want you to produce this. We want you to take all of this ESPN thing. We want you to do all of this NFL doc. We want you to do whatever so whatever that is, man, I'm on board and I'm, I'm ready and I believe good things are going to happen, you know?
0: Yeah, speaking into existence, I feel like it's like one of the, the things and qualities that people that are like really artful with their talents and they, they really have a lot of intention behind what they do, speaking mm. into existence, writing it down, putting these goals in front of you. I think that's like one of the most important things that a lot of people sleep on. You know, yeah. just saying, yeah, I want to be here. I want to do this and that. But like, what is your path if you don't put it in front of you? Yeah. So I see, I I see, a, lot of, I see a lot of uh, people who've influenced us and where we're at today um, mm-hmm. just have that same type of thought and theory is like, no, we need to talk about this more. We need to talk about um, what we want to do in the future. And yeah. early on with Positive People Posse, you know, I, I had the – know i had this idea um i didn't know how it was going to be well executed but you know we went from you know like i always want to do something business to business with people but i also want Mm -hmm. to connect with an audience and so uh the way that we connect with our audience is either through brand or through events or through content like this but on the back end we're doing stuff with marketing for customers that it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird Mm -hmm. that like we're helping brands and companies do things and find their marketing strategy and they rely on us sometimes. But I've always been this creative person because Mm -hmm. I'm creative. And so owning and honing in on my creativity and helping people on that digital marketing aspect or, um, you know, understanding like what they should do when they're utilizing their marketing plan and how they should tell that story that's exciting so I can Mm -hmm. stay creative for the rest of my life if I want to pursue this for the rest of my life and that's what I plan on doing and so like the same thing that I I get from you is you want to stay curious you want to stay creative you want to continue to push yourself and Mm -hmm. uh, having that it's not everyone has that quality
1: yeah have you realized
0: that have you realized that like Sometimes if you sit down, you sit back, and you're like, not everyone thinks the way I, I think, or not everyone can mm-hmm. see what I'm shooting. You yeah. can have two people with the same camera, mm-hmm. but get two different outcomes, and you guys can be side by side. And so yeah. how you tell that story is super mm-hmm. important.
1: A thousand percent. And I think there, there's two aspects to that. Number one is, like, um, you want to be the guy that they're like, oh, I've got this big project or this idea. Like, if I bring in Dom, it's going to be better. You know, who's a guy that I can rely on to make this cooler, better, you know, work? And it's like, it's a reliance thing. Like, I can rely on Dom to to do those things, to elevate this pitch, to to bring it to the next level. Because at the end of the day, it's those connections and that network, but they – or ultimately presented a problem, uh, a project, uh, something. And they're like, who can help this? And you want to be the first guy that they think of. And that's the difference is we're helpful because we're creative, because we'll look at it differently, because we'll think about it in a new way, because of whatever, you know, whatever the reason is. But you want to be the first guy that they think of. And so I hope that my network and the people that I've worked with, when they're like, man, we got this video shoot, Man, David's our guy, you know, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna elevate this and oh we we really gotta, you know, hit these numbers next year. We gotta really make this like I hope Dom's our guy, you know. That's what it comes down to is who is the first to their mind when the problem is presented. And the hope is that it's us, you know, and our creativity I think allows that.
0: For sure. You know, I, I think about it like this, you know, like some people look at art as bullshit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then other people have a different perspective and point of view on it saying like, wow, that is, that's amazing, that's very fascinating. And I think that um, the two differences are understanding that art is anything that can come from your internal wisdom. Like if I move my finger, uh, move my hand to make a stroke on the, the canvas a certain way, that mm-hmm. was me presenting my talent to that canvas. And therefore, like, it's all perspective, meaning that mm-hmm. this is true to me, right? Art should be true to you. The same thing with, uh, you know, what you're doing in the field of, you know, visuals. You know, I, I think there's, there's an art to it and you're getting paid for your creativity. You yep. know, so a lot of people don't look at creativity as something that they should be paid for. They think mm-hmm. video is just video. You know, yep. and that's one thing that we still have to challenge our clients with sometimes is mm-hmm. like, hey, you really need video, like yeah. good video, mm-hmm. because it's telling, even if you don't get the, um, the amount of impressions or whatever it is, you're getting the right engagement. And that's what yep. we're trying to do, right? Yeah. And so, you know, like people don't know that they sometimes they need to go with quality over, you know, just anything, you know, yeah. just anything is not good enough. Why not be the fucking best, right?
1: Yep, 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 every time. And the video world right now, video is valuable a year from now. And and what I mean by that is like, obviously, if you already built out your brand and everything else, like, and, you know, you post that video, boom, it blows up. You'll get an immediate response. But the video is really, really helpful because when they come back to it a year from now, your newest client comes on you know, and, and then they go back and they see that you've been doing this for a while at a really high level for a really long time. Now they're in, you know, because they go back to that video that you shot a year ago and they scroll up a couple of times or whatever they're watching it on and they see, wow, they've been making high quality videos for all this time, they're legit as hell. And that's what people need to step away from. Yes, there's an immediate, gratification and sales and a few other things that are probably happening, but it is establishing legitimacy when you have different multimedia aspects, you know, across the board and that big, big client that you're really hoping for a year from now, will be really thankful that you made that video. Well, they're going to be thankful if they get on early because you're not as expensive (laughs) from the year that we met.
0: (laughs) Our prices just keep on going up each year. So get in early, right? Um, I always think about it like it's, if I have to convince someone to do something, they might not be the right fit. You know, they might Mm -hmm. actually um, appreciate what I have to say when it comes from someone else sometimes, because I don't need to be much of a salesperson. Um, You just have to believe in what the concept that I'm bringing to the table and know that we're going to execute. And, you know, I'm all about delivering and not all talk. But at the same time, sometimes we have to sell ourselves. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I hate that aspect. I hate that I have to sell myself because I just want to do the fucking work. Right. Mm -hmm. And because you know that you're going to execute it well and the sales aspect almost takes away from the creativity because you're worried about getting the next job. And, and, And when people get are so focused on like, well, I want to get the next job, then they're thinking about money and, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like that overlap right there can be kind of hairy right there where it's like, yeah, I'm not delivering my best because I'm worried about paying this bill or being yep. here. I see X, Y, Z person driving this car. I want mm-hmm. that too, but I'm over here trying to bring creativity. I feel like you just have to be all in sometimes and, you know, just be like, I'm going to deliver this with quality expectation. So a year from now, people are going to be coming to me and I don't really have to do that sales process. But early on you have to sell yourself, right?
1: Yeah, no, that's a big part of it. And that was a big part of early on for me is I look back at everything and I, I can't, you know, maybe five people that I reached out to to make a video for everybody else came to me because I was out creating for me, you know, I was out there doing it and then people would, would see my work and then come to me. And so, um, when you when you get into the sales aspect, your creativity, it, it will fall, you know, a little bit and it's a give and take in, in the freelance world. But again, it goes back to, I believe that if I'm out creating for myself and, and making the best product for my current clients, more will come. For sure. more will come.
0: That's dope. Um, so like you've met some really, really impressive people, right? Yeah. So let's talk about, the most impressive person you've met over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, man. Um other than myself you know. <laughs> exactly. Um you're 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 number two to Kobe Bryant. Yes. You know? Thank you. Um <laughs> and man, there's there's not that many people after last summer, you know, and, and that experience, there's not many people that I get around to where I'm like, holy shit, that's you know, that's this person, you know. Um Because now when in season, you know, you're friends with all these guys and, you know, hanging out with Kevin Love and, you know, these different dudes. And, you know, so it becomes more normal. Um, But man, when I stepped into the gym with Kobe Bryant, that's it's like, you know, it's like looking at God in the face, you know, which is a big word. But it's like it's it's more than human. You know, it's this person that you've literally seen everywhere for your entire life and all of a sudden they're there and um man he was so genuine you know he was so real and went up shook your hand you know looked you dead in the eyes um remembered my name you know every time that i came in was asking about where i was from my family and i'm nobody to him you know um and no matter how big you get, no matter if you're literally one of the best ever, you know, um, man, he, it was it was all real with him. And so it was short amount of time, you know, I was there for probably four or five workouts throughout the summer with him and his daughter's team. Um, and I got to shoot photos of them a couple times and everything and just be in the gym. The way that he taught, you know, was unbelievable. His He loved to coach. You just literally, he was so excited to just coach these girls and just to be there coaching. And he just loved it. And you could see it on his face. It was radiating from him was just this love for the game. And that's what I hope people see me when I shoot is I just love what I'm doing. You know, it's radiating from me, how much I love what I do. And like that was him. And so There was something, I was so nervous the first time that I talked with him, and I shook his hand, and we were saying bye, and I, like, dapped him up, and I said the corniest shit. I was like, man, have a great rest of the day, you know, which, you know, you don't really say unless it's on an email, like, have a great rest of the day, you know, you don't say that in person to somebody, and I said that shit, and I was just like, oh, damn, that's why I say that. And he turned to me and he, like, literally, like, pulled my hand back a little bit, looked me in the eyes and was like, Man, I hope you have a good day, too. You know? And, and, like, you know, that's so simple and so small and so insignificant. But when I say something corny and I feel like my world just shattered because I just said something embarrassing to Kobe Bryant, he's like, No, man, like, I, I hope you have a great rest of the day, too. Super dumb. Super, you know, it doesn't seem significant at all. Um, but, man, like, the the things I step away from all of that situation and all the stories that I heard from Alex and the people that he was around are like unbelievably genuine. I hope to carry that with me. Number two, he loved what he did at an unbelievably high level. And you could tell, um, and man, he loved his family. You know, he loved his daughter and he, he was a great father and a great husband and a lot of other things. And so, man, there's a lot to it, but, um, man, no matter how big you get, you're, you're not too big to just be genuine. And like, that's Kobe Bryant, you know, that's what I saw in my short experience with him. So. um, You know, like,
0: I I feel like Kobe's death was one of the most impactful things for me because looking back on the body of work, not just on the court, but off the court, Mm -hmm. knowing that his trajectory being so young and where he was going to go and do off the court was even Mm -hmm. bigger than anything he would have ever done on the court. Yeah, And it it just made me feel like, I was like, you know, he was a true hero to me. You know, he was a person that I admired, not like Michael Jordan. Um, And I I won't say anything bad about Michael Jordan on here, but, you know, it, it comes down to the aspect that you knew that he was a a person who wanted to share his knowledge with other people, a person who uh, imparted wisdom on people, but I could see that that glow and that energy that he had was that genuine person, you know, from afar. I was, I didn't even get as close uh, to him as you got, but when you see people move that way, it only, it's, it's only infectious. It's one yeah, of the but, most infectious things. If Kobe Bryant, who had millions upon millions of dollars, was a family man, could be as genuine and kind and with grace to other people and yeah. deliver knowledge the way he did. Mm-hmm. As a human being, I can do the same, too, on a lower level. And so it, I, I see people often, you know, they, they revere themselves as like, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I've got this car, I've, I've done this. It's all this ego boost. And sometimes yeah. I, I kind of think, I'm like, are you really that person when you go to sleep? You know, it's yeah. like, I have all these things. I am so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, are you blindsided by those things? But like, I, I really, I think that people all have that, um, that, that insecure aspect of them that, you know, yeah. they feel like they have to boast themselves up to be a certain way to see Kobe you know, walk with grace the way he did and um, see how he has affected so many people yeah. afterwards. Like he's bigger than Jordan in a lot of people's eyes, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, man, I've got a lot of appreciation for um, what he had did in, in in the past and like who he was going to be. And so, yeah, I, I would love for more people to be like Kobe if anything, but he's, right. he's actually made a positive impact on people after. And, um, hopefully continuing the Mamba foundation and all that, um, still continues on where he's still able to help other people. Yeah. Legacy yeah, though. Legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's everything. So last but not least, um, I hate to leave on, a, <laughs> leave on a, a, a note like that. It's really tough. Um, but like, what do you, what are you looking forward to this year? Like what's coming up with through the lens? Like, tell us a little bit more yeah, about through the lens.
1: Yeah um man through the lens is it's unprecedented access to to our guys you know like I I was thinking we were thinking through it and um you know basketball training's got a lot of crap in it right now you know and um when you're around these high level players and we have all this access to these guys and we're face to face with them like you hear stories and and Mello would like go out of like, we'd have helpers, rebounders, and other coaches with us during some of last summer's training. And he would step to the side, and he would literally teach some of his moves, you know, aspects to his jab. And I'm like, man, like, if we just had, you know, that clip, you know, like, that could that could go everywhere. And people would, like, the world needs to hear that, how Carmelo Anthony does his jab, you know. How his pickup is so quick, how, so like all the encore stuff, it's like, man, there's a need. Like, people need to hear this stuff, you know? Like, this is the insight from the guy, you know, from Carmelo Anthony, from Trey Young, and how he got to where he's at. So it's this unprecedented access, man, to, every one of like their best moves to how they approach the game to everything like that so on court wise there's nobody else in the world that has what we have it coming out and that's unbelievable within itself but then you go to the interviews and you hear their direct perspective like yes Trey Young and Mello have been interviewed a lot of times but we're coming at it in a different way of we don't have a, any specific story to tell we don't have any specific narrative we want them to talk. We want to hear from them their experience and how they handled that, how they handled the transition to the league, how they handled the transition from Denver to um New York, how they, you know, went from these different places or or whatever it is, how a guy that's as young as Trey Young handles all of this publicity and all this attention that he's getting at 21, you know, or yeah, I think he just turned 21. Um so all that to say is the access to the players on court is unprecedented. And then the things you're going to hear from them in the interviews are, you're not going to hear anywhere else in the world, you know? And so the platform is subscription-based. You pay uh, 150 to get access to all of our athletes, you know, for the year. And so you get access to all of their packets. Their packets are 10 to 15 episodes, give or take a little bit. Um, for every single person and then the last aspect of it is man the women's game has been neglected for a really long time there's not platforms out there for the women's game and so that's why some of these people are so excited to be a part of through the lens and these women want this platform is because man like this is for them this is for the young girls growing up playing ball and they want to hear from the Fisa call here who's a WNBA all-star you know and so when you put all of that together the value that you're getting out of that subscription is just unbelievable whether you play basketball or not or whatever just to be able to hear the mindset mentality their daily routine some of the things they incorporate into their life i've become a better person just by hearing that and shooting it Um, and so i know that it's going to provide a lot of value to the world and so that's the thing I'm most proud of with it is, man, there's a lot of value that the world is going to get and it's going to change lives on the court and off. Like, I really do believe there's a lot of value in it. Um, And then the last aspect of it is, you know, it's not just basketball players, Shams Sharania, you know, Shams from ESPN and he does all the breaking news stuff with Woj, you know, he's like the other Woj. Um, and it's like, man, what does he do in his daily routine? How does he go about life? How does he handle all this stress and, and social media and all these other things? And so, man, there's a lot of value and, um, man, we're really excited. So launch is November 9th. I don't know when this podcast is going out. So if it's past next week, you know, go buy it. And, um, yeah, November 9th is what we're shooting for launch and, um, we'll go from there. So, you know, last but not
0: least, you know, I just, I feel like, um, I feel like there's people out there that are more introverted. Um, Mm -hmm. There's more introverts out there actually. And those are some of the most talented people. And so I think in a way, some people don't know how to, how to feel in in whatever position they are. And so uh, hopefully um, this type of exposure, um, you know, and shedding the light uh, on these athletes, other people can say like, Hey, I felt, I've thought that way, or, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, this is, it's okay to, to think this way or make uh, approach the game this way or something like yeah. that. I always think about like the people that can't really speak or they, they, they just don't have enough confidence to be that, but you know, they, they just become something different when they're on the court sometimes, yeah. you know? So i yeah. um, excited for that, man. Um, looking forward to uh seeing more i'm all about interviews too so i'm sure yes. it's something that i'm going to support early on i will support early on Appreciate and that. um so how can they find you how can the listening viewer audience find you
1: yeah um most of my stuff's on instagram uh, at david underscore Sosna s-o-s-n-a um you can find me on there uh my content is uh a lot of um a lot of me um, and mental, you know, health approach and different stuff like that. I'm stepping more into that world and trying to share that aspect. Um, but then it's, you know, um, content from the NBA, to guys in the offseason, guys on the court, um, and now the NFL. So um, if you enjoy photography, video, or just, you know, um, getting to know me a bit more, hit me up on there. Um, and yeah be, be happy to chat it up with you
0: and then through the lens how can they find through the lens
1: yeah um, at through the lens or through the lens.com um, on you know on everything we're on Twitter we're on Facebook as well um, and then you can sign up right now on our email to get notified when we launch different stuff and. Um, I can't say names, but we have some incredible people ready to sign on as well. Um, we're working through details right now, um, but this is something that literally the, the world has not seen, and the, the access to certain people that we have, are, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's, we're excited, man, and uh, at Through the Lens on, on IG. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you for being on, David. And everyone, like and subscribe. This is the Positive People Posse Living Room. Live freely, stay positive. Peace out.